Star Wars Summit episode 2669. It's a Spinner Sunday episode, and this time we are going to finish off talking about past mistakes. It's part two of a High Republic short story in Star Wars Insider. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So, Past Mistakes is part two of a two-part short story by Kevin Scott, the hardest writing man in Star Wars these days. And it's in the latest issue of Star Wars Insider Magazine, that's issue number 206 if you're keeping score at home. Now this is going to be a somewhat spoilery episode. I'm not going to spoil the ending for you <laughs> at the very least, but yeah, we will get into some details. and. This is basically going to do our favorite five top takeaway format. We'll start off with takeaway number one, which is recapping the story thus far. So, Velko Jahan, who is an administrator on Starlight Beacon, she is our primary focus for these stories, along with Gail Tarpfen, the head of security on Starlight Beacon. But does not apply in this particular case. Tarpfen does not appear, just referenced basically. <laughs> Mentioned only is how it would be flagged on Wikipedia for, you know, that fun purpose. Anyway, so Velko was surprised when an old flame named Vane Sarpo showed up on Starlight Beacon purporting to sell a bunch of collectible statues of the High Republic Jedi, but it turned out, dun dun dun, that he was really smuggling weapons for the Nihil along with a character named Kloon, who is described as a species called a Peasel, which basically sounds like a pill bug or a sow bug. At least that's what I knew them as when I was a kid. It's exactly what my mind went to. It's a kind of bug that could roll itself up into a ball whenever it was threatened. And that's basically what it does at the end of the story when Vane is caught with all of these smuggled weapons. Okay, moving on to the second takeaway, that has to do with Operation Counter-Strike. Now, that is something that gets mentioned in Tempest Runner, also by Kevin Scott, surprise, surprise. So Operation Counter-Strike is a thing that happens after the attack on Valo that happens in The Rising Storm, which is also written by Kevin Scott. <laughs> and basically this is the Jedi taking it to the Nile after the events of the Republic Fair. And many prisoners are being held on Starlight Beacon as part of the efforts of Operation Counter-Strike. Now, as far as I can tell, we still don't know very much at all about Operation Counter-Strike. Apparently on Wikipedia, there are a couple of engagements that are mentioned that presumably come from Tempest Runner, if I recall correctly, at least seeing them, I was like, oh, this rings a vague bell. I haven't read the comics for Wave 2 just yet. We're waiting to you know, have story arcs completed before we dig into those. So maybe it's been covered in there, I don't know. But anyway, so Operation Counter-Strike is what it is. <laughs> what I just explained, it's the efforts after Valo for the Jedi to take the battle to the Nihil and wrap up a whole bunch of prisoners which are now hanging out on Starlight Beacon. Now for a third top takeaway, I got some serious Christopher Nolan Batman movie vibes out of this short story. In particular, two things, one that reminded me of a scene from The Dark Knight Rises and one that reminded me of a scene from The Dark Knight, the middle movie in the trilogy. As far as the Dark Knight Rises one, there's a scene in that where Anne Hathaway as Selina Kyle slash Catwoman and Christian Bale as Bruce Wayne slash Batman are dancing at this swank party and Anne Hathaway has this little monologue about how, 
You know, everything's going to come crashing down around all these rich people and they'll wonder how they got away with it for so long and, you know, left everybody out in the cold for so long. Well, Vane Sarpo makes a similar speech like that while he is in his prison cell that is designed to make Velko get frustrated with him and leave and there's a reason for that. And as for the Dark Knight situation, well, I mean, I don't think this was original to the Dark Knight, but when the Joker eventually gets captured, the whole, like, he wanted to get caught, that plot twist situation, well, that plot twist happens here as well. And I won't quite spoil how it unfolds, but, you know, I'll leave it at that for the moment. For a fourth top takeaway, I'll simply say that I still don't understand when it is that the Jedi are unable to use the Force. It seems like they, you should be able to do it under most circumstances. I would imagine that you know, under extreme pain or duress that they wouldn't be able to do it, you know, that they just wouldn't be able to find their clarity or focus or whatnot. But Skier appears in this story, the Trandoshan Jedi, and he is detained at one point in the story, but it doesn't seem like it's a situation where he is in such duress that he shouldn't be able to calm himself and use the force unless it has to do with the fact that he is described as rattled by Velko before everything goes crazy <laughs> in the story maybe he was already unsettled and just you know couldn't gather himself but it's still rather puzzling why it is Jedi are able to use the force at some times and not at others and you know I mean I guess it's one of those kinds of plot armor kind of situations like it's necessary for the plot in that particular circumstance and certainly if you make the Jedi super heroic where they could use the force at any point then they simply can't be beaten and so it makes it really difficult to create a story with conflict and stakes and get you emotionally invested and think possibly oh my gosh how are they going to get out of this rather than just jumping to the conclusion of oh they're just going to get out of this because he just has to go wee and use the force and it's all over with. But yeah, I wouldn't mind a little bit <laughs> more about that particular topic, personally. And the last thing I'll say, the last top takeaway, has to do with Felco Jahan herself as a character. And this story ultimately feels like it's kind of closing an arc for her to some degree, because part of the way that Kevin Scott frames the story is how when she first got to Starlight Beacon, it seemed like a place where both you know, new beginnings could happen for people wanting to do amazing things, but also for people who had been through a lot and wanted a fresh start from a previous you know, crazy life that they could find some sort of new purpose there as well. And it seemed all hunky and dory and beautiful until the Valo catastrophe in the Republic Fair and all that terrible stuff. And now suddenly, you know, things are a lot different by comparison, a lot more violent and chaotic. So in that sense, it's certainly not what she asked for. But this experience is one that kind of reaffirms her decision that this was the right place to be, even though the circumstances are such that you know, she, I guess, if she knew that this was what was going to happen, she might not have signed on for it in the first place. But now that she's there, now that she's invested, she is all in and willing and able and ready, more than ready, to support the Republic in their efforts to use the Starlight Beacon as exactly that, as a beacon of hope to the Outer Rim even in the face of what's going on with the Nile and the Drenger and presumably whatever else happens next. 
And speaking of what comes next, well, that's going to be Justina Ireland's story. It's called Shadows Remain, presumably also a two-part story starting in Insider 207, probably concluding in 208, right? Like, makes sense. And I think just based on timing that that is probably going to be the last short story in wave two of phase one of the High Republic mega storytelling initiative because by the time we get to Insider 209, we're gonna be into 2022 and that's when phase three starts and the light of the Jedi goes dark. Ooh, yeah, very ominous to you, be sure. And they're already putting out ominous posters about it too, about who will survive and that sort of thing. So yes, it's gonna be very dramatic and exciting indeed. But. That's down the line for now. That is going to do it for this episode of the show. And it just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it, as always. And may the Force be with you, wherever in the world you may be. Star Wars 7x7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited, but their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the Force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.